When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. As the Nationals are a strike away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! And he is coming to... Oh, great crossover. Got it. (laughs) That's called getting put on skates. Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh. Handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans. Covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. What's going on, guys? Mike Cerrone, one half of the DC Crossover Podcast right here, live on YouTube and Twitter and also on demand on your podcasting apps, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Spotify, whatever the hell else there is. Um, <laughs> um, ben, obviously, is not here today. Ben is, again, feeling under the weather, so it's like we're flip-flopping right now. So he wasn't feeling that great about, man, how long ago was that at this point? It was probably, man, was that three weeks ago? Three weeks ago he wasn't feeling too good. And then I wasn't feeling too good last week, obviously. Um, had a little situation <laughs> with my car, uh, which I'll get to here in a second. And then uh, I wasn't feeling good in general that day. Um, so he did a show by himself. So it's it's the holiday blues or whatever the heck you want to call it uh, <laughs> recently. So anyways, um, Ben not feeling too good today. So I'm going to hold down the fort uh, just for a little bit here and have some content for you guys before next week's Festivus show which will be, I believe, on Tuesday. Obviously, we're not going to do it on Christmas Day because everyone has stuff going on, and Ben has stuff going on, and so do I. But uh, Tuesday might be our Festivus show. So stay on the lookout for that. And also uh, make sure that you are paying attention to all our social media outlets. I believe it's at the DC Crossover Podcast, on TikTok, at the DC Crossover Podcast, on Twitter, I believe. I believe it's there's too many handles because 
it's weird when you get to social media and you type in something like a username or something and someone's like, yeah, it's, it's taken. And you're like, who is taking that? Like, who's taking my my handle that has my first initial and my last name? I don't believe there's two, two Mike Cerrones. There shouldn't be, at least. But that's the biggest thing for me is, like, you know, it's kind of odd that, you know, when you get to usernames and passwords and all that kind of stuff, it's like, oh, you've already used this password. I've never been on your site in my life. I don't <laughs> – I just don't get some of these uh, – some of these websites and, and social media streams and platforms and all that kind of stuff when, again, like I said, oh, this username isn't strong enough. Strong enough for who? Like, I need to remember it. I'm not trying to do a a, a, a lock in a safe for Fast and the Furious for Vin Diesel to crack. Anyways, again, this is the DC Crossover Podcast, episode 167. I believe I... Uh, I messed it up when, uh, I don't know, the, the, the episodes, like I said, are all over the place right now because of the sole fact that basically when Ben's sick and then I'm sick and then we're trying to, trying to you know, juggle life as a whole, it's definitely one of those things where I lose track of stuff. And I literally read his that said 166 and a half, which he did last week, and I ended up typing in 170. I don't know where that came from. I think I just read seven and I thought it was 170. Um, so anyways, I am Mike Cerrone, one half of the DC Crossover Podcast. Next week, we will have our Festivus show, um, but today's going to be very light. Today's going to be um, a couple stories from last week of where I was and what was going on and all that kind of stuff, all that jazz. And then uh, I will go into brief a brief topic of the Commanders, not a lot, uh, because there wasn't a lot to show this past weekend and also to watch in general for the Commanders itself. Um, But at the same time, we're going to go also over my top five Christmas movies, which I do have some honorable mentions as well, so you can tune into that as well. Uh, But then I also want to get into the Daily Dozen trivia, see how I can do by myself. Uh, Yesterday, uh, when me and Ben were texting, uh, he wasn't feeling too great then, but he still thought he could get through an episode today. Um, but at the same time, you're looking at uh, yesterday's Daily Dozen, and we would both got, would have got 9 out of 9. I had 7 out of 9, he had 8 out of 9, and the ones that I got wrong, he got right, and the ones that he got wrong, I got right. So hopefully we can take that into today by myself, going solo for the DC Crossover, episode 167, and we can rearrange uh, the debacle that was the Daily Dozen trivia last time I did it solo when Ben was sick because that was atrocious. That was an an embarrassment to my family, to myself. That was just, oh, that was, uh, it was horrific. But anyways, so a little story of what happened to me last week. So on Monday, went to work. And of course, everyone knows I'm a teacher. So, you know, I'm on Christmas break right now or holiday break, whatever you want to call it. And last week is the week where everyone's like, all right, let's just let's, let's punt this week. Let's get it out. Um, you know, it's the last week before winter break. Everyone's doing stuff. There's, you know, uh, chorus concerts and all this kind of stuff. No one really cares, right? It's one of those weeks where it's basically like a daycare, you know, when you, when you go into the last week before winter break because everyone's going on vacation. I mean, there was already kids that I knew that were – you know, in different states and different countries and stuff like that. They didn't even care about the last week. So basically, what happened was, 
on on Monday. I would go to work, you know, normal day or whatever, around one o'clock. Get a little tickle on my throat, a little tickle, and uh, it wasn't great because once you get that little tickle, everyone knows what that means. Everyone knows that that means something's coming. Okay, <laughs> something is, is isn't feeling right, you know, and. You always say like, ah, man, I'm not feeling too great. Let me go to bed a little early tonight. Or let me take some meds. Or let me do this or do that, whatever. So I wake up on Tuesday. And I feel like butt. I'm like, man. But I don't want to take off. I don't want to take off the easiest week of the year, basically. So you know what I do? I get up. I end up going to um, work. And I you know, got ready and everything like that. And I'm kind of in a gaze, basically. So I get in my car. It's cold, you know. One of those December days. And I start going down the road. TPS lights come T- TPS light comes on. All of a sudden I'm like, all right, I get to the next traffic light. I reset it with the button that I have. I have a Honda. Right when I reset it, then all of a sudden it goes off, which it should. That's what it's, the reset button's there for. And typically, this is what I've done. I've had this car now. It's a 2014. I've had this car now for almost 10 years. Okay? Because I got it like in January of 2014. So it's about to be 10 years. It's been a great car to me. And the problem was, is that literally, I start going down the road. And I'm like, something feels a little off. Something doesn't feel too right. So then, what I end up doing is waiting for that TPS light to come back on. Because typically, when you reset it, you go down the road a little bit, and if it comes back on, then you're like, all right, I got something going on. You know, I got to you know, figure it out. But it never came back on. So I'm sitting there thinking. I'm like, something doesn't feel right. Now, the first thing is you got to, you know, get your senses going. You know, do I see anything? You know, do I feel anything? Do I smell anything? You know, a lot of different things when something goes wrong, you can, you know, Heighten those senses. Like I said, you know, oh, you know, what's that burning smell? Oh, I left something in the oven, you know, or whatever it may be. Oh, what, what what's this? Oh, why is it sticky? You know, you're feeling, you know, so it's, you got a lot of senses going on. And this is more so feel. So I'm sitting there driving down Fairfax County Parkway. And I'm like, something's off, man. All of a sudden, it's like such, it's not vibrating or shaking like crazy. Um, so I'm like, oh, man, like, do I pull over? Can I just? I'm, my thought was, can I just get to work? Because the problem was, my co-teacher was out that day, so I had a sub. Which I'll get to the sub in a second. So all of a sudden, we basically are going down the road, and I'm like, in my head, I'm saying, man, this just does, does not feel right. Does not feel right. I don't know what's going on, and I just had this tingle, basically. Uh, you know, feeling that I was like, man, I need, I need to pull over. So I figured at this point I'm going to be late. But if I put some air in the tire and I get there a couple minutes late, whatever. So I pull over in Fair Lakes because it's like the last exit going down Fairfax County. Is that like west or no, wait, it's not west. That's south, I think. Kind of Parkway South. Anyways, so 267. So Basically, I get down the road and I turn over on uh, Fair, Fair Lakes uh, Circle or whatever the heck it's called. Get to that Sunoco. Of course, air machine's out. That's my first thought. I was like, oh, this sucks. I back into the spot. I get out. 
first thing I see is my back tire literally looks like someone's birthday cake was just carved into. And the funny thing is, is I don't know how in the world I did not see this or feel this in the first, you know, mile of driving. Because you think, I mean, my tire was almost completely off the rim. And not to mention, I wish I, I should, I, you know, what I should have done, I should have forwarded, <coughs> I should have forwarded that picture. Man, I don't think I can do it right now. That kind of sucks. I should have forwarded the picture of uh, my tire and put it on the, maybe I'll do it for the Festivus show. So anyways, I, I get there, my tires are almost completely off, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, the air machine's not going to help because to put air in the tire, it needs to be on the rim. But luckily for me, the rim was saved because it was basically riding on the rubber and it was like an inch off the ground, which thank God that happened because if it wasn't, then I would have been totally screwed. Had to get a new rim and all that kind of stuff, which would have cost me even more money. Um, but anyways, that was my morning. And then again, I wasn't feeling too good. And I called the school. I said, hey, yo, I'm not going to be there on time, blah, blah, blah. And they said, okay, well, we'll figure it out and all that kind of stuff. So change my tire and all that kind of stuff um, and, uh, and and get all that t- stuff taken care of, whatnot. And then I go to school. I'm like, you know what? They're not going to charge me, you know, for the first couple hours I was late. So let me just go into school, muscle through it. It's an easy day. Get through it. I get to school and the sub, I mean, it looks like it's a zoo. I mean, it's, I mean, it's every, everything is everywhere. Kids are running around and, and hitting each other. I'm like, and I walk in and he's like, Hey, how's the tire? And I'm like, granted the guy couldn't have been nicer and stuff like that, but he was just so lax uh, about every single thing. I mean, he, he didn't care if these kids were, were, you know, pulling each other by the, by the ankles, you know, with a jump rope or something. It's like, I mean, it was all over the place. So that was my Tuesday. And then I had to take off Wednesday because I was feeling even worse. Uh, I took off half a day Thursday. So it, it was kind of a waste of an easy week once again, uh, which sucks. Um, but, uh, yeah, overall it's, it's one of those things, man, is that's, it's just, it just sucks because first of all, I had, I was going to get new tires anyways. I was going to be looking into that in January. So, you know, I, I got it done what three weeks ahead of time, but, uh, it just kind of sucks that <laughs> I had to deal with all that, uh, ahead of time. Um, excuse me, uh, not ahead of time, but I had to deal with that before the time that I wanted to do, uh, which kind of sucks. So that was unfortunate, but anyways, uh, <laughs> that's all taken care of and I had to get it done, uh, cause I'm going to be going to Pittsburgh here soon and stuff like that. So I had to get it all done and had to take care of all that jazz, um, which it's all done. It's all taken care of. I just, I got to get new spark plugs and stuff like that, uh, in January. So I was trying again, life is about trying to make things easier. And for me, making things easier was to get everything done at the same time. And that's what I was trying to do, which was get everything done at the same time and you know get the spark plugs done, uh, inspection and new tires and all that stuff. So I drop it off, you know, and I have an appointment at say 8 a.m. or something like that. Drop it off the night before, get it all done, then go pick it up the next day. That's what I was trying to do. But instead, I had to go through this rigmarole, trying to find the best price, trying to get this, trying to get that. Oh, it, was a, it was a pain in the ass. So anyways... Moving in to a different topic, now that everyone knows that 10-minute story of uh, what I was going through. Now, again, when me and Ben do shows separately, this is the problem with doing shows separately, 
is that we're basically just talking to ourselves. And that's what sucks. Because typically, me and him feed off each other. You know, we, we you know, wait for each other's reactions and all that kind of stuff. Um, but just in general, <laughs> it doesn't really work when we're, when we're solo. Now, we can easily do shows solo. That's fine. You know, we can easily do shows um, that have some content in them and, and entertain you for maybe an hour or something like that uh, of your week. But that's the problem is, is doing it by ourselves. It's, I don't know if it's creepy or, or what is it because I don't know. I don't know what it is. But anyways, moving on to a topic that people probably don't want to talk about, but I'm just going to mention here for a couple minutes. We are the commander. It is the Commanders, the Washington Commanders. I'm Craig. <laughs> you don't have to laugh at them, man. Jeez, Louise, Craig. It's not that funny. The Commanders aren't that funny. Let's be honest here. Oh, he's do- yeah, he, he's doing it again. This guy. Oh man. <laughs> so, anyways, one of the best sound bids out there. Um, so here we go. The Commanders. I'm not really gonna get into main topics of the commanders themselves. I'm going to get into the coach topic because recently over the last week, we have gotten word from the Josh Harris group that Ron Rivera and staff will be let go by the end of the season. Now, I don't really know why you wouldn't just do it now, but because it's like, I mean, it's it's like you're literally just walking a three-week plank. (laughs) It makes no sense. But I think the main thing that they're getting at is that they want to keep the staff on because you're not going to make the playoffs anyways. Um, keep the staff on and then figure it out um, you know, at the end of the season. Because if you have those intentions, <clears throat> then I guess it's an umbrella statement to the point where now it's, hey, you can relay that statement back to everybody if you go talk to somebody or – if there's rumors out there of you inquiring about this person or that person or pictures of you talking to somebody at lunch or whatever. Also, I think possibly they did this because of the sole fact that they don't want to pay somebody else or just fire Ron and then get get away with it or whatever. Because I saw recently that there's an over 80% chance if they lose out to get a top three pick and there is a 33% chance if they lose out to get a top two pick a 3% chance to get the top pick. Now, granted, the Panthers did win, but of course, you know, they got to win two more games uh, and we got to lose out, which is a very, very low chance um, because the Panthers traded their number one pick to the Bears. So the Bears basically have this in the bag for the most part. But looking at this, the topic I wanted to talk about was the coaching situation. When you get to the coaching situation, who is on our radar? Because the GM stuff is something that you can put on the back burner. General managers and president of football operations and all that kind of stuff, no one really knows too much about them. You know, they know like Theo Epstein, um, you know, in baseball and, and Ozzie Newsome in football and like those type of people you know because their name is said and they've been with organizations for a long time and all that kind of stuff. But for us and say for um, the Patriots or someone like that, uh, with Bill Belichick, they have their coach who is also in charge of player personnel, which I never think is a good idea. People do that because they want that coach so badly to the point where 
They want the coach to be there. They will give anything up, even if it means giving them player personnel uh, control, and then they ruin the team, which Ron Rivera has done for this organization. He has ruined the team. Now you go back and you look at, for instance, Chip Kelly with the Eagles. He was awful. I mean, he was awful. The Eagles were terrible for a little while. And now they're back to prominence and all that kind of stuff. But you think about it that way. And you think, why do people want to give player personnel opportunities and control and be in charge of to head coaches? Because head coaches, in my mind, are the ones that need to be the delegators for jobs and for uh, responsibilities and different things of that nature where if they give those to other people, less is on their plate and they are the head honcho for day-to-day operations, if you ask me. Because if you look at it, it's kind of like a pyramid scheme. The GM is like the box over to the left. And then the box to the right is the head coach. And then it's like a pyramid going off the head coach. The GM and the head coach are basically one. Because, yes, a general manager can fire a head coach. But if their team is performing horribly, then obviously the GM is probably going to get fired too. So that's why I kind of put them on equal playing fields. Because they have two different jobs. I mean, it's completely different jobs. you got one that's running the football operations in the general manager. And then you got the other one who's conducting the football operations on the field. And that's the thing is the general manager is always behind the scenes and the head coach is always there being the one, of course, delegating the jobs. So then when you go out there and you don't delegate jobs well enough and then you still want player personnel, the problem is, is there are guys out there that are really good at scouting talent and there's guys that are average at best. Ron Rivera is a notch below average. Because there have been players on this team that have been successful. But then there's also players that have been like, what are we doing? I mean, the whole entire point of not going to get an offensive lineman and you get like the fourth best free agent. The fourth best free agent offensive lineman isn't going to make a huge splash. I mean, they're not. They're just not. And that's the, that's the problem is. When you give a head coach who has all these other duties this gigantic another duty with being a general manager and player personnel director or whatever you want to call them, that's the situation that we have. Because when you do something like that, the, the mountain of responsibilities gets twice as big. And the issue that I have with that is we need someone in here, okay, We need someone in here that basically can be the head coach. We don't, and and what I mean by that, (laughs) it kind of sounds stupid, but what I mean by that is we need someone who can do that job and do that job at a very good level. Because the problem is we keep trying to shoot for the stars and we get Mike Shanahan and then we get Ron Rivera. It's like, you have to think about it. Yes, Kirk Cousins was here at that time. And when Kirk was here, we had Jay Gruden. And Jay Gruden had, uh, I think it was, was it Scott? What was his name? 
Not Scott Turner. What was the other guy's name? Scott something. Anyways, besides the point, I'm, I'm, I'm going mind blank right now. Okay. <clears throat> and, and, and when they were together, okay, Jay Gruden was in charge of the football operations. And that's when the, we had the most stability. Like right now with Ron Rivera, like, okay, oh, we have a sprinkle of something here and a sprinkle of something there. With, with Shanahan, we didn't have all stability. I mean, look at the early years and look at the ending years. But you're looking at it and saying, when we had a general manager and when we had a legitimate head coach, when it, call, when it comes to, like, not a legitimate, you know, play caller or anything like that, when, when it comes to a guy that is just the head coach, okay, then all of a sudden things go a little bit smoother. Things go a little bit better. And the problem that I see is that when you have a situation like that where you don't have someone just to delegate jobs, okay, or you have a guy that's in charge of the draft room and all that kind of stuff, or signing free agents, or talking about schemes and stuff like that. And, you know, because what I want is, for instance, like San Francisco, okay, I want John Lynch to be in the room with me if I'm Kyle Shanahan and say, what do you need for your scheme? What kind of players are you looking for? You know, you're under contract for this long or whatever. We want to build what you want. And I can I can field that team for you. And that's the issue that I see is that for, say, Ron Rivera and stuff like that, he, he doesn't have the time or the, I guess you could say, the professional uh, knowledge to build a team. His, his long-standing record has been awful. He has been terrible here for the most part. The main reason why Dan Snyder brought him in in the first place was to change the culture. And, yeah, sure, does the culture change? Oh, awesome, sweet. But we need winning. We need winning here in the district. And we haven't had that in forever. In forever. I was born in 1991. The last Super Bowl appearance was so long ago to the point where, first of all, I don't uh, was I born then? I think I was born. I think I might have been six months old or five months old or something like that. That's ridiculous. I'm 32 years old. I haven't seen crap from this team. Has, has there been a firework here or there? Yeah. The fireworks have been there here or there to the point where you get excited a little bit. But they haven't been there long enough to the point where we can even say that this is fun. Because it's not. So going along with the coach speak here, the, the main thing I want in a coach is somebody that can dictate, dic, dictate, <laughs> that's funny, dictate all the jobs that we have, all the responsibilities, okay? You're in charge of the offense. You're in charge of the defense. You're this, you're that, whatever, okay? Want him to be hands-off, laissez-faire. I mean, to be hands-off. Be hands-off. Be hands-on when you need to be, okay? If you have, you know, a terrible OC or a terrible DC or something like that, you need to get on them. And if they can't cut it, then you cut them. That's how it is. But the thing is, I also want someone like John Lynch, who, again, will go into the room and say, what do you need? What's your scheme? What are you trying to run? You have a uh, dual-threat quarterback. We need some... Uh, mobile, you know, uh, linemen are here or there, or whatever it may be. We have a great run game with Derrick Henry. Let's go out there and get some run blockers, okay? And just, 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 you know, you think about Mike Vrabel, 
Okay, he's run, he loves running the football. Okay, he's obviously has Derrick Henry. You think he's going to go out there and get the slimmest lineman? Probably not. He's going to go out there and get some big bodies, some bricks out there to go out there and block for Derrick Henry. But that's the thing. You need somebody out there, okay? You need somebody out there that's actually going to go and do something like that. The problem that I have is when you go out there and you're in charge of getting the player personnel and your scheme in the first place doesn't work, that's the issue. Because now you're trying to conduct an orchestra that doesn't work in the first place, but you're still out there getting the pieces for that orchestra that are missing chords. <laughs> you know, you got an oboe player out there that can't, you know, tune tune his oboe. And you're out there sitting there just keep getting the same people. You know, oh, this guy is, you know, the best player available. Let me go get him. Why? Why would you go get the best player available? Get somebody that's the best player. Like, for instance, Tyler Lindenbaum for the Ravens. I wanted to get him. You know why? Because he was the best center in the draft, one of the best top two linemen, or maybe even the best lineman. I forgot exactly who it was. Eric should say interior lineman. And I wanted to go get him because they got him late first round, I believe. And it's like he's been you know, killing it in Baltimore. Why can't we do that? You know how much we would love to have a killer center out there? Now we have, you know, granted Emmanuel Forbes, and he hasn't done anything. Everyone's just roasting him every single week, on the field and off. I mean, it's ridiculous, but keep this in mind, okay? If and if the Steelers let go of Mike Tomlin, we should sign him within a second. Go up to him and say, we will give you $12.5 million a year to be our head coach. And we will find a GM that will build a team around what he wants. Find an OC, some new up-and-comer or something like that, like a Kellen Moore or someone like that. And figure it out. Because first and foremost, you need a head honcho at the head of the table, which is the head coach, to run the ship. And if you can't have somebody like that, which is like a Ron Rivera, okay, which is like a Brandon Staley, like these guys who who suck at their job, then you're going to lose. And that's what you're seeing. It's unbelievable. All right. Now we are on to the top five Christmas movies on my list. Now, where we stream, okay, where we stream, they have music. I'm hoping you guys can hear this. Let's see. Let's see if it, if it plays even. I can hear it. I don't know if you guys can hear it. Anyways. The top five Christmas movies that I have on my list. And we'll go through each one of them. Because my biggest thing is when it comes to Christmas movies, okay? Christmas movies are something for me that I will say I'm, I'm, I'm like on the fence when it comes to is a Christmas movie like Die Hard or something like that. If it takes part during Christmas as a count. But that's for me, it's like, yeah. I mean, I, I think that kind of fits as a Christmas movie. Now, are they celebrating Christmas in the movie? 
Uh, not really. But it's kind of 50-50 for me. So I might have something on here. Might not. Who knows? Um, so overall, my top five. And I'm going to start at five. And then I'm going to do my... Actually, I'm going to do honorable mention. Actually, hold on. How should I do this? Hmm. Thinking. Just thinking. I think what I'm going to do <clears throat> is I think I'm going to go five to one and then do my honorable mentions. Okay. I did get, and let me preface this first. Okay. Let me preface this. The issue that I have, okay, with Christmas movies is that everyone has their own preference. Okay. Everyone has their own preference. The problem that I have is that people sit there and they're like naming movies that were in like the fifties. Okay, my dad's one of those type of people. Now he likes you know new ones and stuff like that, but he's the type of person that literally will sit there and say like, "Oh, White Christmas," or "Silver Bells," or something like that, or "It's a Wonderful Life." Or something. I'm like, man, I need to be entertained. And times have changed, man. You can't sit there and go, you know, through <laughs> these movies. I can't. Okay. White Christmas. You know, and obviously this is giving away a little bit of my list already. Not even close to my list. Not even close. Bing Crosby and stuff like that. Can I choose that? Sure. You know, can I watch it? Sure. Am I going to be happy when I'm watching it? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, it's it just in general, it's not going to be one of my... Not gonna be one of my like, yippee ki yay! You know, like, this is so much fun. You know, like no, I'm not gonna be doing that. So, going through my list, okay. The list is pretty simple here, okay. When it comes to ranking Christmas movies, I have three things that I look at. My first is entertainment factor, okay. Am I entertained? Is it a good plot? Okay. Is are the is the acting horrible? Is it a Hallmark movie that, that sometimes is horrible? Could be. Number two, does it make me laugh? Does it tug at the heartstrings? Does it do anything like that? Does it get you in the feels? Anything of that nature. If it does, great. If it's just blah, like it, I'm going to keep naming Hallmark. If it's, if it's just something like that where like you're sitting there and it's the same premise where, oh, the girl works for some company in L.A., and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the person says, you need to, you know, you know, get this deadline done or something like that. It's always the same thing. It's always the same thing. And that's the funny thing about it is it's always the same thing to the point where, oh, you know, here we go again. Now, some of those are, you know, the acting's not bad. But some of them, the acting's, like, horrible. So that's another thing. And my third one is... <sighs> third one is... I don't even know, man. I guess laughter. Now, I said that kind of last last time, too. I should have said number t two things. Because, honestly, when it comes down to Christmas movies, you got to be entertained. I think you got to laugh. I think you got to have some fun and stuff like that. Because it's Christmas. It's upbeat. It's a good holiday. Different things of that nature. So, my top five Christmas movies ranked. Number five, Jack Frost. Jack Frost in 1998. Michael Keaton turns into a snowman because... Now, the one thing I do think is kind of weird about that movie is that he, 
He's driving in the blizzard, okay, to go back home. And he's going back home. And does he, I forgot, does he go off a cliff or something like that? Like, I'm trying to remember exactly what he did. Because, uh, I don't know, he's, he, <laughs> he, he went somewhere. And I don't they just, like, never really said anything about that. His wife? Hey, okay. Okay, I'll just do that. And then they also have Robert Baratheon in that movie. I forgot uh, what his... I, I never know his actor's name. I always call him Baratheon. Okay? So they had some good actors in there. I love Michael Keaton and stuff like that. And Michael Keaton has, you know, some good humor and everything like that. So, again, made, made you laugh. 1998, so I was about seven years old when this came out. So prime time, Christmas movies, you know, love to see that. But overall, solid movie. Solid movie. I would give that an 8.2 out of 10. Okay, pretty solid movie. Number four, Bad Santa. Okay, you have to think about this, okay? You can't watch it with your kids or anything like that. But Billy Bob Thornton, (laughs) this movie makes me laugh so hard because <laughs> you know what you know what's funny is i think the thing that makes people laugh like adults laugh the most sometimes at least adults that aren't losers is the f word and he says it so much in that movie and it's just so funny to me to the point where literally almost every other line is just him dropping f bombs and it's funny um you know some parts are kind of stupid but then just in general, that movie just makes me bust out laughing all the time. And obviously, you can have a difference of opinion on that, but that's just me. That's just me personally. Because honestly, when you see that movie, it's not like you're sitting there looking for a masterpiece like the Titanic or something like that. But for me, I think that it's a pretty solid movie. Okay, Bad Santa, 2003, solid movie. Go check it out without your kids. Number three, Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation is a classic. It's as classic as I'm gonna get on this list, by the way. Chevy Chase, he's a, I mean, he's a, he's a legend. You can't, you can't, I mean, you can't go past Chevy Chase when it comes to legendary movies uh, in the '80s and '90s and stuff like that, because he's just, he's just so good. And then you have Uncle Eddie. Okay, everyone knows the the famous line that I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say because I'm trying to keep it. Uh, PG-13 here, but everyone knows the line of him out there in the morning, you know, emptying out his uh, his uh, his RV <laughs> in the uh, in the sewer. But the main thing is you got to pay attention to is that movie just had a lot of zingers left and right to the point where it was hilarious, you know. And now I think it kind of comes full circle because now you see how Clark Griswold goes out there. And lights up his entire house. And now you're seeing tons of people do that. But now they're syncing it up to music and all that stuff all the time now. So the biggest thing when I look at that is that it's just a classic movie. And you can't get it. You can't get away from it. 1989, Christmas Vacation. Tons of funny things that happened to that movie. Um, you know, you have Snot the Dog, uh, the Squirrel Bit. And uh, <laughs> it's just it's just funny, man. There's some good. I'm just thinking about it right now, and uh, there's some there's some uh, fun, funny bits in that movie. Number two, Home Alone two, Lost in New York, 1992, great movie, best of the Home Alones. Uh, there's a lot of nostalgia when it comes to Home Alone two. Home Alone one, I think, was something that basically just set the precedent 
when it comes to ho the Home Alones because when you think about all the Home Alones, okay, the, the top two are obviously one and two. The number three one's not terrible. Number four one's not terrible, whatever. Uh, but those are more just like I'm just going to watch it just to watch it. Number one, number two with, you know, Marv, uh, you know, getting electrocuted. I, I reference that all the time. And uh, all, all the funny bits inside the house and all the pizza and the Pepsi and all that kind of stuff. All those are just classic. Now, Home Alone is a great one. But, again, I think that one set the precedent for this franchise in the sense of they saw what they can get away with. And then once they got, like, everything set in stone of, all right, people like this movie. People like these little bits that we were doing. Let's amp it up a little bit. And then they made kind of more of a story for Home Alone 2. And when they did more of a story, that was kind of fun. But they also did some of the bits and, and, and skits and whatnot with the Sticky Bandits. Um, and that was the fun thing. Is that really when you saw that movie. Now, you can obviously tell because I believe it's the highest grossing Christmas movie of all time. That is one of the one of the movies that will never get old. You can even watch that, you know, in February if you want or some other random month. But that's the biggest thing is that when it comes down to Home Alone 2, it's better than all the other Home Alones, even though Home Alone 1 comes close. But it's definitely something that you have to watch consistently during the Christmas season. But that's definitely not my number one. My number one for Christmas movies of all time is... The Santa Claus. Everyone likes to, you know, just to dog the Santa Claus and all that kind of stuff. I don't get it. I don't understand why. I mean, it, I just think it's kind of funny because when you think about the Santa Claus, it's one of those movies that people love to hate for some reason. I don't understand why. It's a 1994 prime Christmas movie. Uh, I mean, Home Alone 2 was 1992. So you're seeing all these movies were literally in the 90s. The 90s, no one could beat the damn 90s. Get the hell out of here. Okay? Tons of great movies. And it's like you're thinking about how the Santa Claus is is a good movie. Everyone wants to say, oh, that's that's a trash movie. That's a, It's not. Because I think some people just don't like Tim Allen or something like that. But you think about it this way. The Santa Claus has to be number one because, A... Who is the prime character for Christmas or for the winter holidays? Santa. Okay. And that's in the name. The Santa Claus. That's number one. Number two. Okay. Number two is it's a great story. Great story. Checks all my boxes. Okay. You have the dad that's, you know, not really a great dad and all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, Charlie is... You know, trying to be with his dad and all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, Santa falls off the roof. And, you know, the rest is history. Then he becomes Santa Claus. And then he transforms into Santa Claus. And then he shaves. And all of a sudden, the beard comes back. And then he's at, you know, the soccer game. And all the kids are sitting on his lap. Like, it's it's funny. And then not to mention, you got Tim Allen. Which, Tim Allen is one of those guys that has dry humor that's funny. I mean, go back to... You know, uh, uh, Home Improvement, his his TV show. And then he has that other sh TV show, which um, I'm, I'm, I'm losing the name right now. But that one was great, too. So you got to look at that and say, 
these <laughs> were the times that these movies were great, and they're still great to this day. Checks all my boxes. The Santa Claus is my number one. Some honorable mentions. Okay, honorable mentions. Elf, obviously. Even though I think everyone says, oh, Elf's my favorite movie. You know, it's like, okay, there's some great parts in Elf and stuff like that, and I'll still watch it and I'll laugh. But it's it's not one of the top five in my five. Let's be honest here. Die Hard, obviously. Take that for what it's worth. Uh, Christmas Chronicles, that's a really good one on Netflix with um, uh, Kurt Russell. And I'll Be Home for Christmas with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Uh, that's, a, that's a really good one. And Jessica Biel, I believe, is in that as well. And then you have The Holiday. Now, The Holiday is a, is a sleeper pick because The Holiday has Jack Black. And Jack Black in that movie is, like, not himself for the usual movies like Tropic Thunder and, and Shallow Howl and stuff like that. He's not throwing zingers out and trying to be funny. He's actually, you know, being a normal person, which is kind of crazy, him and Kate Winslet. Then you got Cameron Diaz in that one. And uh, what's that other guy's name? Not Hugh. Maybe it is Hugh. I don't know. I forgot that guy's name exactly. Ex- what, what is his name exactly? Um, the other guy that's like Cameron Diaz's love interest in that movie too. So the holiday, definitely check that one out as well. So my top five, my top five Christmas movies ranked. Number one, The Santa Claus from 1994. Number two, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York from 1992. Again, the 90s is rocking it. Number three, Christmas Vacation. 1989 Chevy Chase number four Bad Santa you want to laugh without your kids watch that movie number five Jack Frost from 1998 look at the 90s the 90s just rocking it it's kind of crazy to be honest with you but overall great movies so definitely tweet us hit us up on YouTube TikTok whatever you want let us know what your favorite movies are for this holiday season and which ones that are on your playlist some honorable mentions as well i'll be home for christmas elf die hard the holiday and christmas chronicles so those are my top five christmas movies i'm sure we're going to get into it uh when it comes to uh some christmas movies and stuff like that for our festivus episode once again stay tuned for that because our festivus episode will be happening uh close to the uh, Tuesday time frame, I believe. Hopefully, we're back feeling 100%, both of us. Uh, but we should be good to go for that. Now, moving in to the portion that everyone's been waiting for. It is the Barstool Daily Dozen. Now, we're going to move into the Barstool Daily Dozen here, folks. The Barstool Daily Dozen of this week goes as follows. Okay. It's going to be fun because we're going to see and test my knowledge. Okay. This is one of the times where, you know, it's fun to test our knowledge, even when it comes to us not being together, me and Ben, that is. So we'll see how this goes. Okay. First, number one, the NFL. Vince Young joined this NFC team as a backup QB before the 2011 season, famously calling them. A dream team in a preseason interview before posting a disappointing 8-8 record. Oof. So it's not the Titans. The Titans was who's on before. Was it the Eagles? I think. Was he on the Eagles? I'll try it. 
Yes, indeedy, that it is. The NBA. After 17 seasons with the Spurs, Tony Parker played the final season of his NBA career with what Eastern Commerce team in, oh my God. He didn't retire with them? Seriously? Jeez, this was like three, four years ago. back to that can't think of it golf my wheelhouse this american golfer is married to fitness model and former track and field athlete allison stoke stokey in oh, stupid music man a lot of i don't care about your ad oh great now we're going back to the stupid music again and in 2014 he finished top three at the u.s open open championship and pga championships Twenty fourteen. It can't be Brooks Kepka, right? What's her name? It was that he won. Twenty fourteen. Jeez, that was ten years ago. I don't just remember ten years ago. I love how the clue is. Oh, he's married to this person. Who cares? San Jose is the capital of what country in what country in which Spanish? Is the official language. What the hell is that? San Jose is the capital of what country in which Spanish and in which Sp I can't even read it right. San Jose, San Jose. I don't know. Chile. I don't, I, no, Chile's Portuguese, I bet. Brazil's Portuguese. Let's go Venezuela. No idea. No clue. Name the two celebrities matched up in this photo. That's Channing Tatum. It's on the tip of my tongue, too. Who is that? The girl in the middle. irritated if I can't get that one. Man, this sucks. In 2007, what major chain featured Family Guy Peter Griffin in a commercial as he described one of the chain's sandwiches? This blows, man. Man, I, I'm, I can't think of anything right now. Awful. Julia Garner won Best Born Actors. Emmys for her role as Ruth Langmore. That would be Ozarks. Ozarks. Movie. What actor played a legendary villain character, Hans Gruber and Die Hard? That would be Alan Rickman. Hans Gruber? After <laughs> fellow comedian Richard Pryor bet that he had no singing talent, Eddie Murphy released this 1985 song with Rick James on background vocals. What in the hell? I don't know. Is it Axel Foley? No. I, can't, I don't even know. No clue. Again. Ugh, it's annoying. Spurs. Tony Parker. Eastern Conference team. Eastern Conference. 
think about it. The Eastern Conference. Magic, probably not. Definitely not the Wizards. Don't think it was the Sixers. Twenty bucks is gonna be another ad here soon. Stupid. Um. Then yes, I am using YouTube for the stupid music. Wait, it's the same music over and over and over again. <laughs> oh, this thing is so dumb. Did it on the fly too. Damn it. Knicks. That actually just popped in my head. It's the Knickerbockers. Former track of those. Yeah, I'm gonna go to big, big. Okay, I can't. I'm not gonna say his name like that. Rick, is it I E? Yeah, it is. Oh man, wow, what a pull! Oh my gosh, that. What a pull! <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of myself for that one. What major chain featured Family Guy? Peter Griffin. One of the chain sandwiches. I think it's like Blimpy or something like that. Something stupid. 2007. That is so long. I mean, that's it's, it's, what is that? What 20 years? 21 years ago? No, that's not right. Three, like 17 years ago. I'm gonna go Blimpy. Stupid. No idea about that one. Not even gonna try it. Shane Tatum and I know who I know who this is. I can't think of her name though. I'm trying to so I'm, I'm, I'm eliminating his head. Gosh, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to give up. Can't think of it off the top of my head. What a pathetic performance. Probably stupid music. Idiot. <laughs> you want to do a double dip? I don't know. If, oh, it didn't even give me an option. All right. I guess if you give up, you can't do it. Damn. Look at those. Of course, I get the, the one of the hardest ones of the last month. Look at that. All, all Everything's orange and yellow and crap. <sighs> Let's see the answers at least. Okay. NBA. Hornets. <laughs> I know that. I'd retire with them. Geography. Costa Rica. No one cares. Let me mash up. Who is it? Anna de Armas. Probably know who she is, but I don't... Uh, her name doesn't ring a bell. Subway. See, I knew it was a... I didn't think it was Subway. I thought it was a sub, sam a sub sandwich. Oh, man. I should have... Damn, that would have been nice if I would have got that right. Then music, party all the time. Whatever the hell that is. Whew, that was, that was horrific. That was just horrific. Even though I did get four right, but it's it's pretty bad. Because the funny thing is, when I do it on my, on my own, I get a lot more right. But then I I don't. It's 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 awful. So there we go. Once again, once a, once again, a poor showing uh, of my uh, trivia knowledge, which I actually have some decent trivia knowledge. I don't know why. I'm so awful when it comes to <laughs> this damn show. 
Anyways, that is going to be the end of the episode, episode 167, not episode 170. Uh, let me just reiterate that. And we went over some Christmas movies today, did the Barstool Daily Dozen, talked about my whole entire situation with my car tire, and uh, talked a little bit uh, when I reiterated myself a million times, I bet, about the uh, coaching situation for the Washington Commanders. Again, next week we will have Festivus on – if I almost – eat the mic jesus smack my face into it next week we will have the festivus episode where the festivus episode will be on is my mic damaged what is that what in the world is it like a sticker or something this is weird anyways <laughs> this is what happens when you when you're by yourself you just like notice things because you're talking the entire time so, again, next week on, I believe, Tuesday, we will have our Festivus episode, so you guys can tune in to that. Uh, we'll, we'll broadcast it out a little bit more over the next few days um, as we get everything prepped for that. Come have a drink with us. It's going to be the 26th, most likely. Some people are going to be off still. So, come have a drink with us. We're going to talk about uh, some grievances. We're going to be talking about some other things that are going to be fun. We're going to stream it live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and hopefully, most likely, TikTok as well. So you can tune into all that and comment and be with the show for probably about two hours. So anyways, I am Mike Sarone, one half of the DC Crossover Podcast, episode 167. Ben will be back next week. Hopefully, you guys will too for our Festivus episode for the rest of us. Take care, everybody, and stay tuned for hopefully John Z, which I highly doubt he uh, will be on this episode. So anyways... <laughs> Take care, everybody. Have a Merry Christmas.